we just saw one of the craziest, wackiest pro wrestling pay-per-view main events of all time. And yes, I realize it's 2020. I realize we've had a boneyard match, a funhouse match. We've had matches on top of matches that have had somewhat of a cinematic feel, but I gotta tell you. This match right here, the stadium stampede from Ali Wrestling, may have just topped everything, including AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. What's up, folks? Fred Ricciani, TSC, your home for pro wrestling news updates, interviews, and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing, liking, and sharing. Wow. So, where to begin? Now, I'm not going to lie. It's been a long time since this whole pandemic started and everything else, or at least it feels like a long time. Since I've watched the pro wrestling show straight through, as, as you know, it's a little tough to watch empty arena wrestling. It was meant for a crowd. It's not the fault of the performers. You could also make the strong argument wrestling right now isn't essential compared to other small businesses, so on and so forth. But there's been a few things that have really kind of gotten me back into it, right? There's the old school aspect of the buildup of some of these AEW matches, you know, the great video packages, the countdown show that they had. There's the involvement of Mike Tyson, the intrigue there presenting the TNT championship. And, of course, there is the public news, of course, that AEW is indeed doing COVID-19 testing on a fairly regular basis, which, oh, by the way, I don't think WWE is doing right now, which made me feel a lot more comfortable watching AEW. And I finally, after a couple of months, decided, you know what? It's been a really depressing week. It's been a really depressing period. I'm ready to sit down and enjoy the show and watch a full AEW show straight through. And I got to say, I was not disappointed. Now, before we dive into the recap, rest in peace, Hana Kimura. She passed away at the all-too-young age of 22, believed to be due to self-harm via cyberbullying. She was on a Netflix reality show, which I, I guess the way she was portrayed caused her to be harassed like crazy online and just super tragic, super unfortunate. As somebody that's worked with the anti-bullying charity for over a decade, yeah, it hits close to home. It absolutely sucks, and uh, there's no place for it. So God bless her. Uh, my deepest condolences go out to her loved ones. Just terrible. There will be more to say about it, but man, just a, a huge loss in pro wrestling, a rising star, by all accounts, a wonderful young woman. And yeah, man, it's it. All I can say is online abusers got to be held more accountable. Uh, social networks got to do a better job. Uh, in, in addition to that, you know, employers, uh, reality show uh, producers, they got to do a better job too, not just in this situation in Japan, but just in, in general, man. The exploitation of these characters on reality TV, I mean, it could lead to some serious consequences. Also, of course, we lost Shad Gaspard of Crime Time, former JDB superstar. Actor, writer, stuntman. He also did some work for God of War, which is freaking awesome. He passed away after drowning, trying to save his son when they both got caught in a riptide. Just really sad stuff all around. Uh, both gone way too soon. My deepest condolences to your loved ones. And I'm, I'm very glad that AEW on this broadcast throughout the show not only shouted out Shad and Hannah Kimura, but they also talked about the real world stuff. We're in a freaking pandemic here. Unlike WWE, they did not ignore reality. And in a sense, they kind of were there for you like a friend. 
what you want a promotion to be. You know, right? Same thing with your local sports team. They said, hey, you know, this sucks and we hope you're all staying safe and everything else. And by the way, we've all been tested and they mentioned all that and they did a great job. And even UFC, which I've been critical of, did that as well for the last couple of weeks. So I got to give credit where credit's due. Whether or not DDB is actually testing or going to be testing, that remains to be seen. But sometimes it's good to let your guard down and be a little human for your audience. That's all I got to say about that. So let's transition to the pay-per-view itself. Man, where do I start? I guess we'll start from the beginning here. And by the way, if you're watching live, please feel free to click the like button, share this with all your friends, and enable notifications because we go live often. So some broadcast notes here. Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur are uh, were on commentary. The wrestlers and some friends of wrestlers were in the crowd. Big Swole was there, and she was just awesome. Some notable people in the crowd. American top teams Dan Lambert, as seen in Impact Wrestling and The Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> Vitor Belfort, UFC legend. That was random. I don't, I don't know if he's still planning an MMA comeback or not. I know he, he was thinking about doing something with Bellator, or maybe he officially did, but... Yeah, Vitor Belfort's there. And Vicky Guerrero. So that, that, that was interesting. And Dasha Curette, the former WWE backstage personality, was filling in for Justin Roberts. So she was our announcer for this evening. We kick things off with a number one contenders match for the AEW World Tag Team titles. The Best Friends versus Private Party. By the way, if you want to follow along with my recap, I wrote an in-depth report on fredrichani.com. That's my new website. My name, fredrichani.com. It's right on the front page. The best friends, Trent and Chuck Taylor, defeated Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn to earn a title shot. They hit the strong zero double foot stomp slam for the win. Pretty good match here. I really, I really liked it. I thought Private Party needed the win more because ever since they upset the Bucks a few months back in that great match on TV, eh, they've kind of floundered for the most part. But if the long-term plan is to eventually put over Private Party and the current plan is not to take the tag titles off of Page and Omega right now, then I guess this makes sense. I wouldn't have best friends beat them right now, uh, I, especially after tonight with the stadium match. Uh, I think if Hangman and Omega are going to drop the tag titles, they should do it to either Private Party or they should eventually drop them to the Young Bucks in a rematch of you know the epic match they had back in February. But really good stuff. We had a match that was very polarizing. Cas- this casino ladder match for the AW World title shot, a giant poker chip, Hung up top, and each guy entered uh, after after uh, you know a certain amount of time, and the the ring eventually filled up with Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and the debuting Brian Cage, former Impact Wrestling World Champion, former Lucha Underground star. Uh, he was accompanied by Taz. He won this match after Gorilla press slamming Darby Allen with a ladder in tow. This is polarizing, at least for me, because while the action was good, while like pretty much all the guys involved, my God, some of these risks were just insane. The the gorilla pre- press slam that that uh, Darby Allen took at the end was bad, but he tried his I don't know what you call it, whatever the, the skate the skateboard movie does with like the foot stomp, where he dives and, and instead of doing for just a foot stomp, he has the you know the um, the skateboard you know underneath, kind of like the old Arabian face buster from. Sabu back in the day as well for a minute remembers ECW and he did this I don't remember who he did this on but he dove off this big ass ladder onto the person with the skateboard slammed through the ladder landed badly it looked like he broke his leg now he did continue the match but 
We don't know what the long-term effects are. Britt Baker just got injured on the show on, on Dynamite last week, for or earlier this week, I should say. Uh, Phoenix got injured. Matt Jackson had his ribs taped up. You'd think they would have watched Wednesday night and said, you know what? Maybe we should dial back some of the unnecessary spots and risks. And I know it's hard to do that in a ladder match, but you can make the strong argument. Maybe you don't need a ladder match right now when you have no fans and during a freaking pandemic when it's not the best time to go to a hospital right now. Just saying, even if your hospital is not overwhelmed, still, there is a risk out there and Man, Darby Allen took a, took a lot of them, and I, I'm a big fan of his character, his promo work. I think he's a good wrestler, too. But there are times where I just see risks like this, and he he's toned it down a bit lately. But, man, this was just all-time dumb. I'm sorry. God bless him. This was just all-time dumb. Real, it really was. And, yeah, he, he I, hope he, I hope he's okay because this was not good. Too many freaking risks. Just because the Hardy Boys are somehow alive and well, and live to tell about it after all their crazy matches doesn't mean you got to emulate them now, especially with everything we know about concussions and injuries and bum cards and everything else over time. I get it. It's a big show. You don't do this every show, but come on, man. I, I think this isn't just the AEW thing. I think overall WWE AEW should probably dial it back a bit. We've seen tonight, especially with the stadium stampede and with the boneyard match and everything else. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes you should enhance sometimes should enhance the entertainment aspect of matches and wrestling more than the physicality, especially when it comes to, again, taking crazy risks like this with no fans. So hope you're okay, Darby. We had one, uh, probably my second favorite match of the night or third favorite. I mean, there were some, all the matches were really good. This one was excellent up to this point. MJF Maxwell, Jacob Friedman defeated jungle boy, AKA jungle Jack Perry as Jim Ross likes to call him. Excellent old school match that had some different modern day spots mixed in. We had a Canadian destroyer, a reverse run on the apron, an outside dive. I'm not hating on this match. It was a great match. This is just more of a cultural thing with wrestling. I am really sad as somebody that's old enough to remember P. Williams debuting the Canadian destroyer. I'm really sad that that's no longer a finisher and it's now a transitioning spot. That sucks. Please, somebody wake up in one of these promotions, and say, you know what? The Canadian Destroyer should only be reserved for a finish or a setup to a finish. Please, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I remember being a kid on, on LimeWire, and all of a sudden I see that freaking one-minute video of Petey Williams doing the Canadian Destroyer. It looks so damn cool, and now everybody does it. And everybody kicks out of it. Not, 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 not a fan of that. Other than that, excellent match. Excellent match. Uh, my only complaint here, uh, well, only real complaint here from a booking standpoint I think Jungle Boy should have got the win. I feel like he's long overdue for that signature win. You know, I, I thought eventually they were going to build up to him upsetting Chris Jericho or maybe upsetting one member of, of the inner circle. And instead, he had a great match with MJF here, uh, but he lost. And look, AEW has done a really good job with their young talent, especially compared to WWE over the last year. But uh, I feel like Jungle Boy, if he doesn't get a win soon, is going to get to the point where, you know... you. You, you like what you see, you like what you see, and then he just keeps losing. It's like Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander, you know, got all these big wins and then kept losing and kept losing, kept losing. Same thing with Ricochet. Like at some point, this kid's got to get a big win. Hopefully, it'll come soon. But man, if there was any doubt that these two guys are the future cornerstones of the company, I mean, just watch this match and that'll erase any doubts you have. Just 
fantastic work from from all involved. Uh, re- really good stuff. MJF got the pin with what Excalibur called a modified European clutch pin combination. Just great stuff here. Really good stuff. We had the tournament final for the AEW TNT title, a.k.a. the AEW TV championship. This was a pretty good match. Uh, the only, I, I do feel like it lacked a bit. Yes, every match lacks without a crowd. Uh, but I feel like Cody matches in particular, since they're a little bit slower paced, they're a little more old school feel and everything. Uh, you know, I, I think this could have u- used the crowd since this feud has been uh, pretty hot and everything else. I thought they could have protected Archer a little bit more. Uh, Rhodes got the win with not one, but two crossroads back to back. There was a brief distraction where Lance Archer was on the top, kind of like on the top rope, walking the top rope, like old school, like The Undertaker was distracted by Mike Tyson, but. Mike Tyson didn't play a gigantic role in the match, and I was kind of hoping he'd play a bigger role, maybe knock somebody out. But still, match started off hot. Lance Archer threw Cody Rhodes into the crowd. Uh, Mike Tyson at one point even ripped off his shirt. He looks physically incredible. This guy, I mean, man, just just a marvel. I hope I hope he's doing okay overall health wise because physically he 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 just he he looks great. And if you believe the rumors that. He may fight Evander Holyfield in a charity boxing match. I mean, my God, that actually could be pretty lit. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Even though these dudes are old and, you know, CT is real, but that, that, that could be a lot of fun. And afterwards, he handed the title to Rhodes. They celebrated. Cool moment. Cool, cool moment. Give, gives AEW some, some nice press. Hopefully, this isn't the last we've seen of Iron Mike Tyson. Chris Statlander defeated Penelope Ford. Good match, uh, just a little short, and you know, Britt ba- I think this was overshadowed by the sad Britt Baker news that she injured her knee. According to Dr. Michael Sampson, uh, Britt Baker has a ligament and tendon tear along with a fracture, and she's going to be out for some time. She's going to address the fans on Wednesday Night Dynamite. I like that Sampson said, while her injuries are bad, <laughs> the patient is worse. That, that, that was kind of funny. This was the low point of the show. Dustin Rhodes defeated Sean Spears. Maybe I'm the only guy that likes Sean Spears, but I really do think they could do more with the guy. And I thought they did a great job building him up last year at the original Double or Nothing show. Or was it Double or Nothing or was it All Out? I don't remember which one it was. Whatever show it was. Maybe it wasn't Double or Nothing. Whatever the pay-per-view was he debuted last summer, he had that match with Cody Rhodes. They built up that feud so well. He had Tully Blanchard in his corner. He had the cool contacts and everything else. And then he lost. And then he lost again, and he lost again, and he lost again, and he had a, a very weird feud with Joey Janela, and then he lost again. Uh, then he was looking for a tag team partner, and that storyline magically got dropped. Look, I know Sean Spears ain't Roman Reigns, okay? But you're obviously paying him some money. You obviously built him up well at the beginning. You obviously saw something in him. Throw him a bone! <laughs> something! I, you know, I, I like Dustin Rhodes a lot, too. And again, look, the, the, Sean Spears ain't a hell you need to die on, okay? I'm just saying, I'm just making an observation. You got the guy. He's a solid worker. Give him some wins here and there. Instead, he was stripped down to his underwear. On the crotch of his underwear, he had a picture of Tully Blanchard. That was weird. But, hey, 2020, it's all good. And afterwards, uh, Dustin Rhodes hit the final reckoning finisher and celebrated with his sister-in-law, Brandy Rhodes. Nothing match, complete squash. Uh, just something to make uh, <laughs> Sean Spears look like an ass. Okay, cool. We had an awesome... Well, actually, before this, we, we had the no DQ match. But before that, they paid tribute to Hanakamura. 
really classy gesture. Uh, Excalibur talked about how we all need to be kinder to each other and uh, you know reflect on this and just you know, a, a very very beautiful tribute by AEW. Very classy tribute, and I like the fact that they're very similar to uh, Bellator and Strikeforce, which was also under President Scott Coker, where they don't ignore the fact that there's another wrestling world out there, right? They don't ignore the fact that okay, you, you got we're we're in our bubble and nothing else matters. Same thing with you know with WWE, it's like oh yeah, you don't exist, you don't exist, you don't exist. Even UFC sometimes acknowledges the outside MMA world, whereas WWE just you know it's kind of very isolationist. So I really appreciated this. They also kind of talked about the history that Brody Lee and John Moxley had in their world title match. So that it's just a nice human touch. Sometimes you need to be a little human, right? So we had a no DQ match for the AW Women's Title. Hikaru Shida defeated Nala Rose to win it. Awesome match. I know I'm going to keep saying that, but this was an awesome match. Nala Rose was the only woman coming in here that had pinned Shida in 2020 so far. Uh, this started out real physical. Nyla slammed Cheetah through the makeshift gambling table outside. She even scared Billy Gunn. Uh, Big Swole was awesome all night on the sidelines. Uh, Nyla had possession of the kendo stick, but Sheeta eventually got it back. Lots of near falls here. Uh, Sheeta reversed the beast bomb with her Karana. She uh, superplexed Nyla at one point, which was crazy. She hit a forearm shiver and, and the running knee for the win. Really, just really good stuff here. And afterwards, the announcers put over Sheeta uh, as this very likable person. If you follow her on social media, she's so likable. She's learning English. She's learning American customs. She's vlogging about it. She's just like the most adorable person on earth. And on top of that, in the ring, she's an absolute badass and uh, a great performer, great wrestler. And, you know, from what I understand, she was, she was friends with, with Hana Kimura, and they talked about that and what an emotional week it was for her and how this is such a nice moment. And afterwards, the announcers talked about, and I'm paraphrasing here. You could seek it out yourself to, to hear, like, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, Excalibur's official statements. But they essentially said, isn't it great that we have this beautiful art, this beautiful sport that is pro wrestling that can keep our minds off of this and everything else? And they once again reiterated, hey, we've all been COVID-19 tested. I mean, it's just so reassuring, and I, I like that. I love that. That's that's the one thing you love about. Let's if you're talking about just sports, your sports announcer. You want to feel like you know them, or your favorite podcaster. Like you want to feel, especially in times like these, right? You want you want to feel like that they care, that they're there for you, that they're right by your side. And I totally felt that way listening to these guys talk about the pandemic, talk about Hanakamura, and talk about how this is such an emotional, great moment for Hikaru Shida. So well done by AEW. We then had. The AEW World Title match, another awesome match. John Moxley defeated Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper of the Dark Order, to retain the AEW World Title. Similarly to the Lance Archer match, a part of me thought that maybe they should have protected Harper a little bit more. Uh, maybe had—I I hate interference, but maybe had some crazy interference by you, you know what I mean or something. I'm not saying do a DQ or. Maybe do like a quick pinning combination. Just something to keep the feud going and protect Harper down the road. But at the same time, as somebody that's been conditioned to see BS finish after BS finish in WWE, not lately, but you know, over the years, and to to a lesser extent impact wrestling in the old days back when they were relevant as TNA, uh, you know, this is a, a nice change of pace. It's nice to see people win clean here. And then, you know, a lot of people kind of made a big deal about how, oh, AEW said they were going to be more sports-based and they haven't always been sports-based. Well, winning clean, a winner, a definitive winner and a definitive loser, 
that's definitely sports based. And, you know, I, in all honesty, I really can't complain about that, I guess. So John Moxley beat Brody Lee with a bulldog choke. Re- the referee stopped the match. The announcers emphasized that technically Brody Lee didn't tap out, but the referee did save Brody Lee, kind of like a referee would in MMA. So that makes sense. They, man, they, they they traded some hard shots. They suplexed each other through the ringside tables. They hit a double drop kick. There was an awesome spot where Moxley hit the paradigm shift, dirty deeds, DDT, through the ramp, or through the, the, the rampway, whatever, uh, through the wood. Uh, the, <laughs> Lee was busted open. Feels weird calling him Lee. I want to call him Harper. And then he got caught on the bulldog choke. Referee stopped the match. Awesome stuff. And yeah, I don't, I don't think that Lee should have won the title yet. Way too soon. Moxley's got momentum. Moxley's arguably their biggest star other than Chris Jericho. Keep him protected. I think they should keep the title on him until they could run shows in front of like a real crowd again. I mean, he's he's on, he's on fire. He's on fire. He carries himself like the badass he should have been portrayed as in WWE. And it's just a pleasure to continue to watch him grow in AW because he was a guy for a while that seemed to lose his passion, seemed to lose his desire. It was just running through the motions. And in AW, he's a different guy and... He's, he's a great guy. And then we had the highlight of the night, the stadium stampede match at the empty Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, TIA Bankfield. Uh, this was great. This was great. We had on one side, Broken Matt Hardy and the elite of Adam Page, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, taking on the inner circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. This was immediately awesome because each wrestler was introduced individually with NFL-style entrances, complete with fire, pyro, and even the Jags cheerleaders with face masks, which was a nice touch. And then Hangman Adam Page, and I, and I embedded a GIF of this on, on FredRichani.com if you want to watch, check it out. Hangman Adam Page comes in with the freaking horse. With the horse. And he chases Sammy Guevara across the field. And backstage in the stadium with the horse. I love Hangman Adam Page. I love the Hangman horse. This is great. This is is great. So they all meet at the 50-yard line. They start brawling with a a variety of weapons. Kenny had a broom. I I really feel like they got to do a better job. And they even though it's been almost a year, I feel like they still got to do a better job of of why Kenny Omega's called the freaking cleaner. Seriously. Yeah, do do a video package or, or something about why he's called the cleaner. Maybe maybe I missed it in my break from watching AEW, but still, my, my, minor detail. Whew, so they were brawling. There was a ring at the 50-yard line as well. Matt, Matt Jackson had his uh, ribs taped up from, from getting injured. Uh, there were a lot of notable spots here. It would be impossible to list all of them, but here's a few. Guevara hit a big shooting star press on the outside. Uh, Matt Jackson uh, did a moonsault off the goalposts. Omega and Hardy had a hockey-style brawl with Hager, Santana, and Ortiz in the crowd. Hangman and his horse kept roaming around for Guevara. Uh, Omega was powerbombed by Ortiz and Santana through one of the concourse tables. Hardy was thrown into the shallow pool. If you don't know, there's a pool and a hot tub at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. It was originally put in there, not just because it's kind of cool, but because the team wasn't doing so well, and then they got good, and they didn't do well again, and who knows how they're going to do the, this coming season, assuming there is an NFL season. Although, for any football fans out there, believe it or not, I actually think the AFC South is winnable. I mean, Bill O'Brien is tearing apart the Texans. Phillip Rivers may be done for in, in Indy. You know, the, the the Titans, 
Who knows if they can uh, repeat the same success with Tannehill now that he got paid and secured the bag. So could be anyone's division, especially with all the uh, lack of training camps and stuff. So anyway, Ortiz and Santana then started drowning Matt Hardy in the pool. And he was resurrected as Matt Hardy version one with Matt Hardy version one gear with a Matt Hardy version one <laughs> graphics for anybody that remembers his gimmick from the early 2000s, which is amazing. And he just kept reciting these Matt facts and beat them up. <laughs> and then he was resurrected as broken Matt Hardy again and threw them into the pool. And, and, and Ortiz was like, I can't swim, even though it was only three feet. <laughs> and, oh, my God. This is hilarious. And, and This is great. So then Ortiz was put on top of a table. Hardy backdropped Santana on top of Ortiz through a table. Hardy brought Ortiz to the giant bell and literally told it. And then he taped Ortiz to a wheelchair, threw Santana and locked him in a freezer. We cut to Hangman Page. <laughs> oh, God. We, 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 we cut to Hangman Page, who was just casually drinking at the bar. And Hager uh, approaches him. Uh, they're both sharing, sharing a drink. He says, uh, do you want to drink or you want to fight? They tip a sip of, a, a sip of whiskey. They start brawling. <laughs> Man, uh, at, at one point, Hager hits a, a gut wrench bomb on uh, Hangman onto the freaking pool table. That was ridiculous. Hager also hit him with a pool stick. Uh, Hangman had, had flipped off the bar in the pool table but got caught and slammed on the table. Then Omega came to Hangman's aid and hit a knee. Buckshot Larry by Hangman and Hager sent him over the bar. They then drank a shot of milk and whiskey. I'm, uh, full disclosure, I don't drink, so I don't, I don't know if milk and whiskey is a popular beverage amongst the Canadians from Winnipeg, but hey, you know, to, to each their own. I, I'm, I'm more of a seltzer and kombucha guy. Back to the field, Matt Jackson and, and Guevara were countering everything in the book, and then Matt Jackson proceeded to hit consecutive rolling Northern Lights suplexes all across the football field into the end zone, he got flagged for excessive celebration and then super kicked the male ref. That was hilarious. Jericho and Nick Jackson were brawling on the sideline. Uh, Jericho hit him with the chains that measured you know the field position. Jericho then screamed at Nick Jackson with the megaphone and then got hit with it. Uh, Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson, excuse me, found a bag of footballs and threw them all at Jericho's groin. That was just straight out of Simpsons and, and Sideshow Bob. Jags mascot Jackson DeVille, no relation to Sonia DeVille, at least I don't think so, got hit with Jericho's Judas effect spitting elbow, John Jones style. Then Jericho mocked Nick Jackson with a cone, only gets to get super kicked in the kicker's net, and they said, it's good. Yes, every football pun was made here. It was hilarious. Jericho got a two count on Jackson, and, and he challenged the play, so referee Aubrey Edwards went to the booth and reviewed the play. The ruling stands, it's only a two count. Matt Jackson suplexed Guevara into the end zone. As I mentioned, got flagged and super kicked the ref. He then came to save his brother Nick as, as Jericho was attacking Nick with a bat named Floyd. A baseball bat, not an actual bat. Matt Jackson put Jericho on a table as Nick Jackson ran up and down the stadium steps. It looked horrible and dove for a frog splash. I think it was intentionally supposed to look that bad. <laughs> oh, God. Then Hangman painted a white line across Jericho's body. We then cut to Sammy Guevara, who is crawling to safety across the field, but he accidentally set off the sprinklers. He comes to his senses and thinks, hey, I won. I won. But he was wrong. And then all of a sudden, 
Reminiscent of the scene a few weeks ago on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Hardy and Omega are driving a golf cart. Are driving a freaking golf cart. And Sammy Guevara's life flashes before his very eyes. He goes, oh my freaking God. He tries to run. <laughs> he runs up the stadium. This is this is great. And then and then Hardy brawls with him. Hardy starts to get choked by Guevara, but he's distracted by Hardy's new drone, Neo One, NEO One. Uh, it stands for I don't know what the acronym stands for. Whatever. Vanguard One, you may recall, got destroyed. And then Omega hits a massive one-winged angel from the stadium seating all the way down to the field level platform through some type of I don't know if it was crash pad or what. It wasn't a table. It was like. Some wooded area. It looked like where they'd set up if NFL Network was on site covering this game. And then Omega got the pin. One, two, three. Team Elite wins. We got the celebratory Gatorade bath. This was... This was a spectacle. And Team Elite wins. This was fantastic. Uh, we also got a, an announcement about All Out. The All Out pay-per-view set for September se- September 5th. Excuse me, that is a Saturday. The location is to be determined. That it is going to be taking place Labor Day weekend. Wow. Overall, massive, massive thumbs up for AEW Double or Nothing 2020. This was the distraction, the positivity, the wackiness, the action that all us wrestling fans needed during these insanely trying and at times very tragic times. So thank you, Tony Khan. Thank you, AEW. Uh, Much respect to all the performers and staff involved. This was an absolute home freaking run of a show. And I don't know if I would have said that going into this because, you know, this paper was just kind of there and TV was just kind of there and by all accounts, Dynamite wasn't well received this past week, but listen, man, when AEW is on, it is on. But for real, folks, Darby Allen, all y'all, tone it back a bit. Please make it more entertainment-based like you did tonight. Limit some of the risks like we saw in that ladder match and everything else. Okay, Have as many controlled risks or calculated risks as humanly possible. You know, not the, the skateboard thing, man. You got to dial it back. I'm sorry, Darby. You you, got to dial it back. As somebody that's a fan that wants to see you live and prosper long after wrestling, please dial it back. But overall, massive thumbs up. So let's go to the live stream here. Oof Boy says, this was a 10 out of 10. Telvin Kipapa, my Hawaiian brother, says, awesome main event or awesome event from top to bottom. First wrestling pay-per-view I've bought since WrestleMania 29. I was there live for that. That was 2013. Wow. WrestleMania 29. This was definitely worth it. Uh, Lime Hire is where I got my songs back in the day. Yeah, the struggle was real. Sean Spears really needs a win on the roster. I agree. What a freaking amazing main event. And also shout out to the new AEW Women's Champion, Karoshida. Yep. Michael Appel loves this show. TP- TK says, Moxley versus Cage program should be fun. That's right. Brian Cage earned a world title shot. He'll be getting that down the road. The other thing that might be a turnoff, not for me, but for some other people, maybe younger fans aren't familiar with some of these older wrestlers, understandably so. There's a lot of managers. There's a lot of older wrestlers managing talent. And I love managers. Believe me, I love managers. But they might want to tone that down a bit. Also, the the spot where 
Arn Anderson gets tossed out of ringside. This guy gets tossed out of ringside. That girl gets tossed out of ringside. They got to dial that back a bit too. It's it's getting a little overboard. It's it's getting a little a little too recurring in my opinion. That give me a hell yeah podcast says that was a lot of fun and Moxley is way fresher in AEW than he is in WWE. I agree, totally agree. I could watch a full three hours of Stadium Stampede. Yep, Matt Fact version one. Matt is a former Cruiserweight champion. Terrence Sullivan says, sounds like a great show. My Miami Hurricane brother, it was a great show. And if you have a chance to watch it, brother, I would definitely catch it. Uh, Mike Spangler says, I love that Hangman Page had a horse. David Schneider says, the horse made it to AEW debut. That was definitely worth my 50 bucks. Great job, AEW. David Darnielle says, I paid 50 bucks and literally got to watch 13 minutes of it because I came in late and it won't let me watch from the start. That is not good. So for anybody that's listening right now from BR Live or AEW or whatever, uh, please fix that because my boy ordered this pay-per-view. He wants to watch it. And it's a, a damn shame if he can't watch the pay-per-view and w. can't watch it on replay. David Darnielle so, uh, said, please uh, kindly fix that. Man, but overall, what can I say? Fantastic show. Folks, if you enjoyed this recap show, whether you're watching on YouTube and Facebook or listening on the podcast feed. We appreciate it if you would subscribe. We'd appreciate it if you would check out our new website, fredrichani.com. That's my name, F-R-E-D-R-I-C-H-A-N-I.com. We'll be doing a lot more wrestling coverage on there. I missed writing. I missed having a website. So we just launched this past week. I hope you could support us. Please don't forget whether you have this on podcast feed or whether you're on YouTube or wherever, please be sure to enable notifications so you know anytime we have a new podcast up, anytime we have a live show, any breaking news, please enable notifications so we can have you covered from top to bottom. Until then, folks, please stay safe. May God rest Hannah Kamara's soul. May God rest Shad Gaspard's soul. Again, my deepest condolences, excuse me, go out to all the families, all the loved ones, all the fans affected, uh, for everybody that, that's affected by the pandemic, please be kind to each other, uh, be there for each other. Enough of this BS of oh, wear a mask, no, stop, stop, stop the BS, all right? Be kind to each other, be nice to one another, spread some positivity, do your part to pay it forward any way you can. God bless y'all, I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for the support. And until next time, you know how it ends. As always, enjoy the matches.